At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come to power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Welcome to episode 33 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Netflix Adventures, Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Mini Comics, Full-Size Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that Masters of the Universe, He-Man, She-Ra, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Duch. I'm here... Once again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, I'm back. that was the beach. I don't even know. People grab my head and use me like a beach ball. It was horrible. That is Somebody started screaming, Wilson lives! And yeah, that was the end of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is not I'm bizarro, Sean. Yeah, the social distancing. I'm the I'm the anti-social distancer, apparently, because I'm bizarro, Sean, tonight. I accidentally <laughs> wore a Superman shirt, for those listening, and it's there backwards. You know. So the whole time I get to say, me, I'm Sean. Me, yeah. hate Masters of the Universe. <laughs> it's actually only backwards on your feed, as all our YouTube listeners are now going, what? It's not backwards. <laughs> well, welcome to the way that I look at the world, I guess. <laughs> I gotta click that button one of these days. I keep forgetting to re-click <laughs> it. Um, but for those of you wondering, I did introduce this as episode 33, and so I know a lot of you are probably scrambling right now going, did I miss a bunch of episodes? Short answer, no, you didn't. Uh, last episode was 16 and a half with uh, guest host Daniel Galerto. Uh, we, we've been discussing behind the scenes for a while now. When we started the show off, our intention was to bring everybody two episodes a week. Um, We'd record them at the same time and release them a few days apart. Um, So you'd never have to go more than three, four days without an episode. Um, It was a neat concept, and it worked out really well in the beginning. Uh, And that's where the, the, the full episodes and the half episodes came from. So we'd release a full episode on, like, Thursday... And then the following Monday, we'd release our half episode to get you through the halfway point of the week till our next full episode. Um, unfortunately, just life and schedules and everything else made it to where we cannot do two episodes a week. Um, so we've been talking about, and we've done that for pretty much since March, halfway, midway through March. We've only been doing one episode a week. So, when we talked about it for a while, we finally decided it was the right time to make the move. We are transitioning to where we only have full episodes, because that's all we're getting out a week. So, um, and so as not to mess up 
your iTunes, your Podbeans, those formats where it actually tracks your total episodes, um, we decided to just go ahead. And so basically we had six, we had 16 full episodes and we had 16 half episodes. So now this episode is now episode 33 and here on out, we'll do a traditional format, um, for the show going forward. I hope that makes sense to everybody. Uh, so long story short, you, you didn't miss anything. We're on episode 33, and we're going to go forward like every other podcast from here on out. Yep, we're going to trudge up hill one way and back the other. That's all there is to it. I told him before we started recording, we're going to hit our midlife crisis episodes like probably in about a month, so we're good to go. Yep. But, yep. <laughs> Um, but, oh, what else? What else oh, you got? I was clearing my throat. You're good. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I wanted to take a moment and say thank you to Danielle. Um, I appreciated her jumping in because I was being used as a beach ball and ceremoniously on the beach. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it, it, my my job, I love my job because I get to work from home, but I really felt like I was getting spiked like a beach ball no matter what I did last week. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was uh, it was great that she could join in and, and help out. So I appreciate that. And uh, Matt gets to uh, – he, he upgraded last week. He gets to downgrade and slum it back with me this week. So that's going to be fun for me. But Sep- uh, Separate but equal. <laughs> well, I, I'd actually say she's a better looking co-host, number one, and number two on top of everything else. I'm sure she's a way more interesting one because half the time you're like, Sean, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to drag you down this area that you haven't discovered before. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> well, you, but actually, well, number one is for the attractiveness. We'll leave that <laughs> to the listeners you know, <laughs> um, to each their own. But... You know what though? I, it's it's funny because I don't I don't think it made it on air last week. I think it was me and Danielle talking. You know, me and you we talked. We just talked for forty five minutes before we started this episode. Uh, me and I wonder why we thing. get to bed so late. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, but me and her mm. the same thing, and I think this is why we're talking in private. <clears throat> but I was saying that's actually. Um. I like dragging you down to, to unexpected territory, um, undiscovered territory, because that's part of the fun. I'm still, I told her we were talking about the lost episodes, and still my, you know, we had two, we had uh, the Magic Mirrors and the first issue of the New Adventures uh, mini-comic, mm-hmm. and I told her, I said, my, my the biggest one I was disappointed with that we lost was that New Adventures mini-comic. For that reason, it was like it was the first time you had ever read that, and we're never going to be able to kept like we'll go back and revisit it because I want to because it's a very interesting issue and I think a very good issue, but sure. we're never going to get that 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 knee jerk reaction from you. It'll always be the second time the revisit now, and so there's nah. something there's something fun and magical about that about you know getting you to pulling you kicking and screaming and you did the same thing to me with the record you know you're like well podcaster did but you're like you had on for a while that we need to do this at some point and it's like the same thing it's like well that was my first time actually jumping into it and there's something really Mm -hmm. neat about that yeah but i will say the one thing that that uh 
it, it's kind of the band-aid on it is we did the first episode of New Adventures at least. So yes. that was a kicking and screaming a little bit for me on that yes. level because I I was <laughs> like, I'm saving the vegetables for the end. You know, it's that whole yes. thing of to me that was one of those I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna get into by watching it. I'm one of those people that I'll give I'll begrudge the people if they don't like it, they don't have to like it. If you like it, you can like it. But I was always that I haven't watched it, so I'm not going to have an opinion. Now I'm having right. opinions. So it's a little different. Yes, but um, we do have that on record at least. And, yeah, one day it would be nice to go back and redo that because uh, that that was – I have my issues with Mattel and, and how they present this stuff sometimes. But I got to admit that was one of those times where I'm like, if this would have gone in this direction based on how it was written, wow. You know, that could have been an interesting – take and instead it's okay yeah. it's it's bible stories with he-man in it somehow the way that well, the animated now, series is for me when we so. do get back to it now now you can actually do a prop because i think i brought that up in the last episode I'm like what you like more and you're like well i haven't seen the other so i can't really say you know yeah 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 <clears> that'd <throat> so be an easier have, call now yeah we will get back to it but yeah it's it's fun it's fun exploring some some undiscovered stuff you know um and just getting that first reaction. So. Yeah. Um, You're my Sherpa. <laughs> and you mine. <laughs> no, not really. You're the one taking me down the roads where I'm you, like, you I, got I, some I, stuff. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Don't know about this. And not as much, though. I, I will say that. You you have, like, I, I've, I've learned that about myself um, in the fandom in general. I'm one of these people that I love my headcanon. I love the stuff that I love. And then I'll sometimes go into the fringe stuff that might be curiosities to get into. But for the most part, like if I if I didn't grow up with it, I have a hard time of embracing it. And you're somebody that you're voracious about what you love. You know, like you want to read the stories. And it's like if it's a story, you're all about it. And usually it's like for me, I go like it's a different thing depending on what it is and the stuff. So it's like here, it's like, Nope, I got to just, this is what we're covering. Let's do this. And then it opens me up to other options. So no, I'm just one. I've got, even if, even if I've heard it's terrible, I still have to like, see it for myself. Like I I just, (laughs) I don't like people can tell me everything they want about it and how I should feel about it. And I still have to see it for myself. Even if I go, I see it and I go, yep, you're right. That was terrible. Like I, I've still got to do it. I've got to, I've got to read them all. I've got to see them all. That's that's mm-hmm. me. So um, I understand that. I do that sometimes for things, but yep. It's depends I, I on my time. That's actually a perfect segue. I think we might as well just jump right into it because tonight is actually all about Sean because he oh god he, he picked <laughs> both of these tonight. Actually. Oh yeah, I forgot this. Yeah, holy crap, this worked out that it's all me. So, yeah. but I will say, no, see, I'm I'm gonna start this by saying it wasn't all me because this yeah. week Matt goes, I really need some 2000x in my life, and we kicked around ideas, and the episode that we chose is one that it, it to me it was a it's an enjoyable one because it's different for the series in my opinion. But it's definitely one where you also go, it's so different that it almost falls through the cracks with everything else that the series managed to accomplish in its short run. 
So uh, the episode we're going to talk about tonight, I'll, I'll introduce you here since it's all me here, is a, a Turnabout. There we go, Turnabout, is- and uh, if you didn't like it, I know there's people out there that are like, about this one, but it was funny. You and I both were like, yeah, let's do this. This will be fun. Absolutely. This is one. I, it is an underappreciated one. It is uh, the 11th episode of season one of Mike Young Productions, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, it was written by the, uh, I hope I, yeah, Len Uli. I'm going to go Uli. Written by Len Uli. Uh, and, of course, directed by Gary Hartell, as they all say they're directed by Gary Hartell. Mm-hmm. Um, and this original air date was November 15th of 2002. So right before Thanksgiving in my senior year. <laughs> yeah. I was I was in the workforce, so I don't know where the heck I was at that point <laughs> in my life. I had... That, honestly, uh, that September, I remember I got my first apartment. So I was two months in my first apartment, I guess, is the best way I can describe it. So There you go. <clears throat> All right. So let's switch on over. All right. So for those of you watching on YouTube, we're going to play it on the screen right over here for you. Um, obviously, you won't be able to hear it. We don't want to anger the copyright gods too much. Um but and for those of you listening on audio, feel free to pop in your DVDs, search up the episode on YouTube. There's a couple different versions of it on there. And yeah, we're just going to have some fun today. Ready, Sean? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get the three, two, one countdown on one hit play. Three, two, one. That is still Adam, Prince of Eternity. He's got some fabulous secrets. <laughs> yeah, Except, but... Yeah. Hmm? Go ahead. No, I, I'm just going to say, though, like, Cam Clark delivering that still works for me, though. His his overall, the way he did Adam on this show, I always liked quite a lot. Yeah. No, it does a good presentation, and like I said, it's... I like the intro, but I wish that they had, you know, like that, just the gag. Like, honestly, if they'd had Adam say nothing there or even just let him finish that one sentence and then interrupt him, I think I would have, it would have been better on repeat viewing, you know? Yeah. Minor nitpick. <laughs> well, on the bonus features, he got to see the whole thing for once, so. Yeah, the world of was He-Man, that. the VHS yep. tape. Now, did you remember that the Diamond Ray of Disappearance was in the beginning of this episode? I I rewatched it right before we started recording, and I was like, "Oh," because I knew I knew it made the cameo on two thousand X, but I was yeah. also like, I was foggy on when it was. Yeah, I'd forgotten it was actually. I remember this whole scene, but I'd forgotten which episode it went to. Yeah. This intro reminds me somewhat of the Sweet Smell of Victory one, too. Yeah. Because you have, like, the raiding party for Skeletor, and then the Masters come in and break that up just like this one. 
but it is really fun to go, but we know this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I know we got all excited too, and they're like, the Diamond Ray disappears. We're like, oh my god, the episode's about the Diamond Ray? Mm-hmm. He-Man quickly dispatches it. He's <laughs> like, no! <laughs> I, it's just like the beginning of the show. They give you just a hint of it, and then something yeah. comes along to wreck the whole thing for everybody. <laughs> so you just get that hint. But it's still is it weird. me or do, when Cam Clark says Skeletor, does he really put emphasis on Tor? Because it feels like when he says it, it's almost like he's trying so yeah. hard not to mispronounce it and it makes it just sound clumsy at times that's that's maybe just me but i feel like john irwin always delivered skeletor you know it was just yeah it rolled off the tongue but cam clark has this yeah like he's got I this like that. you know that, that this kind of way right of doing there. it so <laughs> No, I I haven't really noticed that, but he, definitely in these earlier episodes, he does have a very stilted He-Man. I think mm-hmm. he gets a little bit better as the series progresses. Um, but I hated that shot of He-Man. This episode does have uneven animation throughout, and like that shot where He-Man was all like, like smiling, all yeah. like big and goofy. I'm like, no. But then we get this here. They... Cavern they had a awesome. different animation house doing this part, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and there are two animation houses they use, and one of them was inferior, and this one that was obviously animated by them, but it's just very uneven. I did like the action of the whole the ice cave collapsing and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that ain't nothing to he man, Tila. <laughs> this part reminds me of uh I guess a she demon of Phantos. Okay. Where uh, they they encase him in the yeah. the coffin, the and then he busts the out coffin, of it. Yep. Here's the plan, you know. It's like it's kind of that same feeling there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he might even be an okay guy if he wasn't so evil. Ramen, you just gave. Me- I will say though. That that whole part was very forced to me. I didn't like. Who would oh, sit there yeah. and go? Skeletor could be an okay guy if he wasn't so e-. like. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it, like it's a flimsy premise of an episode. I'm never gonna say it's it's an amazing episode or it's the the most well yeah. thought through. But the reason that it has a charm to it is the simple fact. They're doing something to Skeletor that only a puppy was able to do on the Christmas special originally for Filmation, you know? And and 
just just how often you hear him yelling because he's in pain is actually amusing when we get oh, to that ab- point. Absolutely. So. I love the premise of the episode. I just wish they had found a less clunky way to get to the premise. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just like Raymond's like, oh, he could be an okay guy. Man, Arms is like, oh, yeah, I'll create this belt that makes that hurts him if he's evil. Like, why didn't we do that? 20 years ago when he was Keldor, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because Ram Man didn't want to talk much back then, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's, this this episode should actually have in parentheses behind it, you know, like, turnabout, parentheses, Ram Man has an idea. <laughs> yeah. I... I I, I hate to I hate to be that guy about Ram Man, but he's not the guy that I would go to for advice on how to no. handle a villain usually because his method not in this series not the best idea to begin with. And most they had to do a, a a safety warning on filmation to say, "Hey kids, don't do don't be like Remy," you know. And all that stuff. So. I like this here, a Skeletor so confident, like, oh yeah, it's going to take him weeks, you know, I haven't killed them, but they're definitely delayed, you know. And then there they are riding past Snake Mountain. And this <laughs> shot, yeah, that shot yeah. of the, what the, you know. Yeah, Skeletor is ticked off. Look, even Evelyn's like, I'm going to duck out for a minute. I still love how Skeletor is on this show, because yes. I love anytime he's angry, you see everybody scatter. Yeah. That's how I love to see Skeletor. Like he he should be somebody that makes the others just you know, like shrink back in fear from him and all that. Absolutely. And like even here, like he's at first he's upset that they're that they escape so quickly, but then he immediately like turns it to his advantage. He's like, Well fine, let's go capture them. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he He's very quick thinking. He's 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 a bit more like the new adventure Skeletor here, where he's like, I can turn every disadvantage to an advantage, you know, like. Uh, and who doesn't want a belt gun? I mean, that just <laughs> make getting dressed in yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> it's not only did Man at Arms create you some fashion; he also created a gun to shoot it at you. <laughs> I gotta get this part. Contraption! Destroy them! What's happening to me? It's working. Let's. <laughs> it's working. Let's go. You know. Like, okay, we're good. <laughs> I will say though that that was great animation there with that initial power up and the, it, it shocking him like that. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And this is where all the fun begins, people. Just jump to this part of the episode, once he's got the belt on. Yeah. You can see it in Evil Lynn's face right away. She's like, ooh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the beauty of the Skeletor, is he really is a bastard. So the fact that I love every one of them kind of has that, like, we can kind of have a break for once. He's not going to give us crap for once, you know? And right. The the amount of torture and you know things he does to them when he's mad at them, you know, I mean, you get to see it at the end of most episodes. If they don't make whatever his plan is work by the end of it, they're tortured one way or the other. So it's like, hey, you know, we're good to go, right? Yeah, I love that. That 
For everything else, the uneven animation, whenever he's in pain, this episode really gets it. Mm-hmm. I do, find it, <laughs> I do find it funny. All of, like, Triclops is, like, he's got a whole workshop for tools and inventions and everything. He's like, we're just going to blast it a bunch of times and see if that <laughs> works. Like, let's not try and pick the latch or anything. I'll just blast it with my eye beam. Basically, and it... Beastman's plan to me is the one that it's like if it, that if I was Skeletor that would be the one that would break the belt because I would have done something to that animal to make it not want to do it and luckily enough the uh, belt had the energy coming off of it that it made the beast run away but yeah like this this whole sequence I think it's funny but at the same time I'm also like Oh, Skeletor, I'd be so scared that my junk is going to be gone at the end of this episode <laughs> because they just keep aiming for that area where right. one of them misses. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like they're using the like biggest weapons. Like if Beastman wants to ram him with a whole, you know, rhino type creature, it's like that. Does that seem like a good plan? But <laughs> well, they it's another case. <laughs> another case of this is why Beastman <laughs> doesn't run the joint. Oh. <laughs> I, I did like, but I, I I did like when um they it, then Triclops finds that shard of it, mm-hmm. and when they pull the shard out, it actually heals again. Yeah, I just thought that was really really like crazy. It's almost like a living thing that mm-hmm. that and, they're working with or whatever. And even how it's got like the liquid, even though Man is put into like jewel form, it's still got the liquid dripping off. Like that's what's yep. powering it. I like trap jaw finishing uh, Skeletor's line there. You mean doomed? Always sunny. In his plan. Like, yeah. I gotta get this part. Ah, Evelyn, do come in. Doing something different with your nails? The color is very becoming. Actually, I just blended some tova berries with a touch of... Wait a minute, you're trying to fool the belt! You think that if you pretend to be nice, it won't weaken you. Uh, pretend? Who's pretending? <laughs> I am nice, in thought and in deed. So if he gets mad, that thing hurts him? Exactly. He simply can't react, not even if we really, really annoy him. <laughs> and they go nails that chalkboard. I love that the way mm. I'm trying to, like, trick it. Like, I'm just going to pretend I'm good and still come up with evil plans. <laughs> Evelyn's loving this. Look at her. <laughs> it's not often you have them against the ropes like this. and But the... This whole part right here is why I said why in um, in the island mm-hmm. did they make it even a thing that he thought Man at Arms was going to be an asset to him when he doesn't even treat Triclops for it, yeah. all that well, you know? And it's like how, he even says, you know, one of your, you know, I, I forget that, you know, he, he's basically talking down about this stuff. So it's yeah. like, you know, 
that was yet another like why was that even a plot point to bring up oh if, if i capture man at arms it's like really you never given a crap about him up until this point if anything story convenience if anything i honestly the best thing for the island and i don't know how i didn't think about when we were discussing it is he should have put it as well if i abandon arms then the masters won't have any more weapons basically i'm just gonna lock them up so they can't ever create anything new you know well, it, that was the thing. If it, in my head, like if they got the trifecta yeah. right off the bat, you have like some of the main leaders yeah. who's going to lead them because at that point you're down to it, then you have Mechanic, Ram Man, Manny Faces, Buzz Off. Yep. At that point, that was all that they had left. I mean, they're diminished. So. It grew on me. That was the hardest part about this show was that for me, just for the fact that, you know, you know, 20 some years of my life, I knew John Irwin's way of delivering it. And then when you hear the other way, yeah. it's like, what? Is this the first time Carnivus is on the the show too? No, they brought uh, Adam. Oh, a Dragon's Brood. The beginning of Dragon's Brood. They brought uh, okay. the amulet as the peace offering from Randor. Um, that's when she had to wear the dress and she took it off while they were flying back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. I think this should be his second appearance. But this is like when we see his people, though. Yeah. Like this is and their the village, village and everything. We didn't really get to yeah. see the village like this before. I do love these little bug things, you know, and just having Beastman attack this village in the jungle. It's very... I'm telling you, this whole last half... The second half of the episode is what... So ignore the setup and just get to this part, because this is just fun action. Mm-hmm. And they get He-Man with that spider backpack that he wears in front. The thing too about this, um, you got to give credit to Cam Clark here. Like yeah. both Brian Dobson and Cam Clark, Brian Dobson is delivering a hell of a every scream he makes. You can feel yeah. he's in pain. Like you know, it's funny, yeah. but there's also like a. He's he's screaming in a way where you you could tell what the emphasis he's putting into this. And then when you hear oh. Cam Clark's He Man here, mm-hmm. I mean that's some stuff you haven't heard He Man do. Like you, you hear the <laughs> kind of stuff, but yeah. this it's like yeah he's he's rough, you right. know. And he's down immediately. Like Skeletor can kind mm-hmm. of stay up once in a while, but He Man he's so good that like it's constantly draining him. It's not like Skeletor's mm-hmm. where he can kind of shut it off by. By pretending to care about Evelyn's nails, you know. I mean, look at him. The whole time, it's just draining him because he is the force of good. I like that. It was earlier, but Skeletor had to have Evelyn finish his speech (laughs) because he couldn't Mm. 
he can't talk for more than half a sentence. I mean, that just, that, that's great. <laughs> it's like, from this point on, evil linen trap jars or orators. Yeah. And that's the end of it. Nice little pep talk from the sorceress. You got this, He-Man. Nancy Bugs. It's nice seeing Beastman, you know, really competent and command a whole army of creatures. Boom! Yeah. I like that part quite a lot. And Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at all that power. He's releasing all that power that it's drained from him. It's so lucky the whole city wasn't leveled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who could that be? Without that restraining device, you'll only bring more pain and misery into the world. You wouldn't just let me perish. I can't hold on much longer. Just for a minute there, you thought he might. Spend a lifetime in the Eternian dungeon for your. And of course, Skeletor, the master, has a double crown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I liked I liked the way they actually went there, where he man you could see in his face that he actually considered it for a moment to just let him drop. Yeah. Nice that they got to play with that a bit more in this series. Come on, Tila, I'm tired. <laughs> and I like this a lot. I I like the like this show. It, one of the things that I can say about it is mm-hmm. they don't shy away from showing them doing the cleanup work afterwards at times. Oh, the absolutely. damage control and stuff. And, you know, like, I, I like that that was one of the things at the end of it. It's, you know, Skeletor is always going to be there. These people need us now, you know, right. and it's a great way to end it. Mm-hmm. Adam's beating himself up for letting him get away. Such a teenager, right? You're always your you're always your own greatest critic, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. 
if this ends it, this ends the same way as Courage of Adam for me, where this scene should be this like heart to heart, but the way it ends, it just feels so like abrupt in that like yeah. how the dialogue goes there, and it's, like I like the point that they brought across, but his I guess is not exactly the greatest firm ending of dialogue for that little moment with them. But then we get this. Skeletor's <laughs> story arc ends perfectly. Like, yes, his is I, I have no complaints here. Hang you over a lava pool with filled with giant snakes. Like just because you made fun of me. <laughs> that that is mm-hmm. Skeletor. He's loving it. He he's the bully. It makes sense. He he always bullies his troops, so Oh, that that whole. Let me switch back over here. That's my one thing about this. Like, I wish they had trimmed up the beginning a little bit. You know, honestly, while it was cool to see the diamond ray, maybe that wasn't needed, or maybe you know, throw the 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 liquid there that Man Arm uses in place of the diamond ray, so you're actually servicing the plot there, and it kind of cuts out a part. So then you can spend a little time at the end there to dig a little deeper into, you know. The, the Adam's dilemma of well, you know, I'm I'm so good that I have to let Skeletor get away sometimes, you know, which is an mm-hmm. interesting dilemma, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's a cool idea that they did the cameo. I'm not gonna lie, like that's because like that episode for most fans is you know one of those episodes. It's you know probably a top ten filmation, but um, oh, but yeah, the 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 fact that it's in there it feels like that's only used as like a a throwaway hey you know right it, diamond ray disappears but then at the end of the day nothing happens with it and then we're off on this whole other tangent for the rest of the story like you're saying so yeah that that could have been trimmed to, or that's the thing this this idea is one of those things that you almost have to just like it's it is such an off the cuff idea that I don't know any other way of having that introduced because it is like this offhanded hey right. what if we could make them good what would happen you know and that's the, the way it's done it's like well yeah after a fight with them it almost makes sense like well if if we could do that we wouldn't be having to do this you know all the time or whatever so it's almost like a, I I don't know if I'd want to change the beginning completely but i think yeah maybe having it where it does have to do with maybe the the um the liquid or whatever like you're saying but yeah this is one of those the more i step back when i'm thinking of the story the more i'm like yeah i don't know how to change it to make it more streamlined because it's like in order for them to uh, to be going after the liquid you'd almost have to have that offhanded comment before the episode starts yeah. then. And I, like I, said, I, I don't think it works just, that it, way. Find a way for them to stumble across it or something that Skeletor's mm-hmm. after and they get it first. But basically that's my one big complaint about it, is that that front end of the episode just needs to be streamlined a little better. And mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got... A, I think if that had happened, uh, you'd probably have an episode that people rank up there with, you know, Dragon's Brood and maybe Night of the Shadow Beast. You know, just that... I'm not saying it's going to be turn into the best episode of the series, but it would take it a level up. But uh, but honestly, for the most part, I've always enjoyed that episode. Um, 
it's it's a lot of fun. Ryan Dobson and Cam Clark are at their best right here. I mean, just, you know, Cam being He-Man and Skeletor, you know, having to deal with all these this pain and having to try and pretend he's good. And, <laughs> oh, that that's just... I mean, for those of you watching on YouTube, you saw I was just I was sm- grinning the entire time because it's just a fun episode, um, and for that reason, I'm actually going to rank it even a little higher than I initially wanted to because I had so much fun watching it. I'm going to go a seven out of ten. I think it is, ah. it's it's so much fun. I can't help but laugh at it. It's actually funny. It's not that forced, you know, humor. Um, it, it's it's fun. You want something? Mm-hmm. Go watch Turnabout. I'm annoyed because you took my rating. <laughs> Turnabout is fair play, I guess, here. Yeah, yeah it, I, I, I was between six and seven, but it's like the, any episode where they push a character in a direction that you don't get to see them typically is usually one that makes me get more invested. And this is this is in spades. Skeletor is not Skeletor through 90% of this episode. And when he is Skeletor, he's Skeletor again. And that's what I love about it. Like at the end, when he tortures everybody, it's like, that's what he would do. And you know, the Brian Thompson Skeletor, he he can be a bastard on this show. He definitely makes his, his evil warriors know their place every episode. And no matter what they do, you know, if one of them comes up with an idea and they freelance, Oh, is he going to let them know about it when when uh, they get back to Snake Mountain? And, you know, in this one, I mean, just everybody having fun with this. Mm-hmm. And the only characters that probably got off, and I, I didn't catch at the end if they were there in the uh, the lineup, but Whiplash and Clawful were the only two I, I can think of that they didn't really say much this episode. They just were there. And yeah. it's they, like, otherwise, that's about it. And yet... Yeah, well, they said a little bit when when Evil Lynn was making fun when doing the nails, but the, and they still got hung upside down with everybody else. They were in, they were over. They the were in that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's like oh. everybody got it. Like Skeletor okay. was ticked at everybody. Everybody's <laughs> getting. It's the whole class. The whole class is getting punished. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, actually, that's I was originally going to go a six, but I had so much fun just now watching it. I'm like, nope, seven. It's got it's got to bump it up. Like it's it's too much fun not to. This mm-hmm. is exactly the kind kind of tone I want for a new He Man, where it can be it can have these fun episodes, even if they're a little goofy, and then you can come back, you know, a few episodes later with Snake Pit, which is a serious, high stake, you know. Uh, action-packed episode. Like, that's the world of He-Man to me. It's that you can go to all these extremes and you can just have fun adventures. Well, the, the thing... Here's here's what's hypocritical about me as a person, as, as a fan of this show. I love to always talk about 2000X having the overall story arc, which, it, you know, I love the building of story. I love the building of the whole arc leading into the season finale, because the season yep. finale is one of those, your jaw is going to drop to the floor if you haven't watched this yet, because when you see how this season ends, if you couldn't see what happens right after that, you're going to be on pins and needles. Uh, so like when it first aired, I can only imagine how rough that was for fans getting to watch it. Um, right. 
But the thing I love about 2000X is actually some of their standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. And so go figure. Like this being <laughs> one of the cases. I mean, I, I – and, and uh, Sweet Smell of Victory is another yep. one. Roboto's Gambit's another one. I love these episodes where you're getting these little off – off the the um, off the path yeah. stories, and they don't really add up to the bigger picture. But you're getting to see a little more depth to some of this because this one also explores the goodness of He Man. Right. And, and 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 like I said, I, when we were watching it, I, I do love that he looked around at, at the devastation that, that the village got. He's like, "No, we're needed here. Like, let's just." And just that little bit was enough for me to go. I like that. That. Right. You know, it's like be the face of, of hope for these people. Don't just be these warriors that are always running after the bad guys and leaving these people devastated at the end of the day. You know, and that's that's a huge plus for me about it. But, yeah, Absolutely. seven out of ten for me, unfortunately. I, I wish I could go six, but six to me is <laughs> – I was thinking about it while we were watching. Yeah. It's like, like this has too much fun and too yeah. much personality to be a six – and it's it's not as good as like some of the the other like broader episode ones. So right. yeah, right there, gotta gotta stick with you on this one, I guess. There we so. go. Uh, so now for our wonderful segment, we, we were talking about all the stuff that's fun and great, and now let's talk about some stuff that might not quite have the power. In <laughs> our new segment. Remastering their universe. As you know, who listened to episode 16, this is our new segment where we take a look at these episodes that didn't quite grab us. Uh, you know, are usually pretty low on people's lists, looked down upon by the fan base, and we try and find a way to remaster them and make them better. Let's give them the power. So, Sean, which one are we doing today? Well, since I've been thrown under the bus about the other episode, the episode that I chose is the Cosmic Comet. And that is... uh, is actually production episode one of the Mm -hmm. animation series. Even though it was never intended to be the first episode aired. That was always going to be Diamond Ray of Disappearance. Uh, it just, it's the first script that was approved, so it got the number one designation. Uh, the story was by Tom Ruger. The teleplay was by Tom Ruger and Larry Dottilio. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, when I saw that the last <laughs> time I watched it, I'm like, oh, I don't like me right now, but I gotta go with this episode as remastering. Yep. And it oh. was uh, directed by Steve Clark. Uh, the script was approved April 18th of 1983, with the final revision April 28th of 1983, and it aired in the UK on October 15th, 1984. So, in uh, this episode, uh, you know, I was actually kind of surprised you picked it. Um, it it's always been one of those that was kind of like, it wasn't high on my list, but it also wasn't really low on the list. It was just kind of one of those episodes. Um, so it was fun actually taking a microscope to this and going, okay, what can we do with this? Uh, so the basic story is 
you know, uh, He-Man and Man-in-Arms and Battle Cat are fighting Evil Lynn and Beast-Man at Grayskull. They defeat them pretty easily. And then they find out from the sorceress that another danger is coming. Um, and so they had to Snake Mound to figure out what it is. And Skeletor, Beastman, and Evelyn combine their evil powers and take control of the Cosmic Comet, which is an evil comet that was made evil because Zagra's the Comet Keeper. There used to be two comets, and he accidentally destroyed one while he was trying to gain control of both of them because they're the only two comets that he doesn't control. And so the remainder, the remaining comet turned evil. Yes, it's actually what happened. I'm not making this up. Um, and basically after that, it's 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 He-Man and company trying to work with Zagras to, to stop the Cosmic Comet, and they end up creating another good Cosmic Comet to join him, and that's how... So then there's two again, and they're happy. And they defeat Skeletor. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Ahead, this could be the, well. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Depending on where this lies on some of the people who really love it, I probably will have to re- revoke my geek card tonight and just be like, "Fine, I don't have the power anymore." But this yeah, episode, I don't I, think there is anybody that really likes it. I well, think it you much never called, know. <laughs> I never know. There might be someone out there. Um, oh. But yeah, I'll just throw it out there. This is not one that I've ever seen like make people's top lists. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, take it away. Uh, it, I, this is one that I saw probably... Uh, it, it's It's been since I've been in the, the Masters community. And uh, so... Somewhere in the four years or so that I've been doing stuff, I I ran across this episode again. And I remember sitting through it that time going, what? Like this whole thing. And even as a kid, like I I knew this was, like you said, production number one. Yeah. And it wasn't the first one they planned to have as the, the, the beginning of the show. And all I kept thinking, not knowing that that wasn't the plan, because I for some reason... I I heard that oh they aired them in the wrong order so technically episode four which was Diamond Ray or whatever actually ran first or blah 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 yeah. blah blah so I kept going like if this was the first episode of this series what the like I wouldn't yeah. have tuned in the next day <laughs> that just to me was like okay for a kid that grew up with mini the mini comics and the DC comics and the record and everything that we've uh, we've already addressed in, in a lot of ways. This was one of those where I'm like, where did they come up with this? Like, I I don't like the Zagra's character. I don't like him for so many reasons. But the main, I, I don't like the voice because it's basically it, it is like uh, Fred Gwynn or not Ed Gwynn. I think his name was the old uh, comic Ed, actor, and Ed it, it's Gwyn. like King. Yeah, Ed Gwynn. Gwyn. Fred Gwynn was w- uh, Herman W-Y-N. Munster. So, yeah. And, um, and it, it also, it, it has that like King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph kind of yep, thing. Yep. And I, I, like, I, if, if you have a character sounding like that on this show, it's automatically, even as a kid, it would have made me go, no, like, it, like give me at least some seriousness, some vein of 
you know, something. This guy, it just like he just looked like a burnout hippie. And then he's he's talking like this. And I'm like, that just drove me this. And the idea of he's the keeper of the comments. Why do you need a keeper of the comments? What does that have anything to do with the greater scheme of things? Like what what does that allow him to do other than he just wants to control things? Yep. And that to me is not something that's good because that just means he's a control freak. And that's not exactly showing kids this is a good idea. And then on top of that, the story he says about these comets and they show the whole they look I, I can't help it. I'm going to say it, they look like sperm flying through the, the cosmos. And then when one gets destroyed, then it's just this sad, lonely comet. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like a kid's story they're telling. And yet yeah. this is the main thrust of this tale. And none of this is making me go, well, this is actually like there was nothing that made me go. I feel like Grayskull's in real danger this episode. Yeah. It was just like this haphazard. Let's throw these things in there. OK, we got we got it's about the universe. So let's throw a cosmic comet in there. And what's the cosmic comet going to do? Skeletor wants it. Why? Skeletor wants it. He's going to get into Grayskull with it. How? Just because, you know, it, it, like it was never completely revealed to me at least in a in a satisfactory way how he's going to make this work other than he's harnessed this comet at, yeah. at one point and then he manages to make he he talks to the comet and says right. i want you to to create minions so that yeah. you could stop he-man but then like at the end it's like well what's he gonna do is he gonna ram the comet through the jawbridge is that the right. whole point and then well, at the end yeah. just and 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 it's like I don't know. It, to me, it's it's such a weird plot, and it's such a weird yeah. – even for, for for Masters, it's like – in the way the filmation could go a little off the rails sometimes with their stories just kind of coming up with what they did. But to me, it's like none of this adds up to being something that actually holds my attention. It doesn't hold anything of of me getting invested in it at all. It's just – it's it's an episode, you know? Yep. So I think I think you've highlighted all the things like the points that are that are pretty much the wrong points. So mm-hmm. now, how do we remaster this? So first off, I'm going to throw out here uh, less travel. They are all over the place in this episode. They start at Grayskull. They go to the palace. They go to Stink Mountain. They go no then no wait yeah they go all over like seriously, they're like yeah. back and forth like twenty times. Like they, they're in Grayskull like three separate times. I think Snake Mountain twice. And it's just like, streamline the story. You know, mm-hmm. take out a lot of this travel. The Royal Palace didn't need to be in there at all. We got a scene at the Royal Palace that just absolutely didn't need to be in there. It's them asking permission from King Randor to even go on this mission when we're already, we're at Castle Grayskull to begin with. And it's like, that. no. So get yeah. rid of that streamline the travel that's my first thing like have it a to b to c you know you start at grayskull head to snake mountain head to comic keeper head back to grayskull to save it like that's a nice solid tight arc but they are just bouncing Mm -hmm. all over the place yeah yeah i think for me like i i agree with that because it, it it muddies it up a whole bunch and there's there's actually a lot of stuff like i felt like for them to tell the story they wanted to tell, it really didn't have a lot of room to breathe. So, yeah, the traveling part is definitely a hindrance to it. I, I actually found it weird 
that out of all of the evil warriors and out of all the Skeletor's guys, that it was him, Evelyn, and Beast Man who were the ones who were going to use their powers, which to me, I'm like, okay, Evelyn, him, and and, and Skeletor makes sense. Beast Man? Why the hell is Beast Man in this episode? Other than he's just he he's he's there, he's along for the ride, and it, you know it's like well, He Man, Tila, and Man at Arms are are there, so there's that element. But it, it, like that just threw it off the rails for me already. Just going like why why is Beast Man even a part of this? It should have just been Evelyn and Skeletor, like in Curse of the Spellstone, basically. You know, the two of them masterminding this and using their powers. So and yep. and it felt like there was a lot of characters that didn't need to even need to be involved in it, even like with Tila and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, why? Why do we need everybody else along for this ride? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like the, the hard part for me to remaster this, I'm just going to throw it out there, is sure. the way I had to remaster it for me is the two ideas I had are both ideas that are going to probably diverge it from the overall. What was the point of this? It, it, it actually, I kind of like the one I feel like it, it, it diverges, but it comes back and lands on its feet at the end, maybe. But it's like I almost had to just gut this thing the way that yeah. I went with it and just said, OK, you know, here's how I, here's how it would make sense to me. Because the idea I do, I do not like the idea of a comet having a voice and you know being good and evil that to me is just so dumb i can't help it i can't help it it just watching this just made me grit my teeth every time because i'm like i don't need a comment to talk there's no reason that that should be the case why is it good and evil and yes ah so i I actually had that that too same as like streamlining the travel um yeah streamline the characters i said for sure or orco needed to go um, he just, he did not serve a purpose in this, like, except for bad comic relief. Um, yeah, trimmed it. And, and for those of you listening, we, one of the things we kind of set up with this was to try not to diverge from the basic premise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one was hard because it needs a lot of trimming. I think this one needed like at least one more script revision. Like, mm-hmm. Um, at least, yeah. But I think it's because it was the first script approved that a lot of this slipped through because they're like, okay, we got to get the main heroes and the main villains in here. And yeah, it's kind of like, sure. And they're like, well, we got to get an Eternal's Palace in here. <clears throat> so I definitely, I'm in the same boat. I, in my mind, I did a lot more cutting than I usually try to think of with these, but I didn't see any other way. Like, there's just mm-hmm. too much here, and it's not good combined. So, mm-hmm. um, I did the same thing. Like, just let the comet be a comet. Mm-hmm. Like it, have it be this giant, like, comet, but traveling close to Eternia, and Skeletor is... And maybe make the comet keeper the one who, who keeps the comets in their orbit so they don't crash into the planet. Like... You know, now that said, I could have been fine with. Did yeah. Give him an actual, like, define his function. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I control all the comets, like, you control them what? Like, just, because most of them are just flying around his mountain, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, the whole thing with that for me was, it's throwing things at the wall and hoping something sticks with this idea of, like, what what's Eternia? What is, what would the people do on Eternia or whatever? 
and this whole character to me is like, why would you need to worry about harnessing comets? What's this all about? Like what? Like I actually did a little research into what comets are because of this. <laughs> I'm like, there is no reason that you'd need somebody to harness them. You'd need somebody to make sure they probably don't have like a giant one just land and, you know, right. destroys Eternia. That, like you said, that to me makes a lot of sense. But that's not a full-time job, probably. But eh, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe it's it's worse where attorney is in the center of the universe and all that. But <laughs> well, um, you know, and even even like even streamlined Skeletor's plan, where I think it should just get rid of the sentient comet. Like it's just a comet, all right? It's a big yeah. comet. If it hits Grayskull, we're in trouble. And Skeletor sees it passing by. It make it so that Skeletor can draw some extra power from it. Why not? Let's power up the baddies. Like that. That's sure. Not, that's a cool thing. Um, mm-hmm. So have Skeletor and Evil and harness it. They get some extra power, and they're gonna crash this thing into Gray Skull and pick through the wreckage and take all its secrets. Like streamline everything about this episode to me is just streamlining it and getting to the point. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're actually doing the. The proper way, like I said, <laughs> I gutted it. I turned it into something completely different. Mine's my mine. See, here's the thing: I listening to the moral of the episode made me go, "Well, okay." At its heart, that is what you're talking about in some ways, where it's about redemption. Mm-hmm. It's about not letting your not letting one mistake turn you into somebody that will never try again, right. and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, so my take being me is uh, I like the idea and, and, and this isn't going to line up at all for a bunch of reasons. So you can just figure this is yours is the good version. Mine's just going to be the nutty one. Um, because the problem is some of the characters I'm going to have aren't even introduced into the line when this was written. And that's the problem. So it's not necessarily a, a perfect version of this. But this is, this is not Sean's remastering. This is just Sean's like, hey, what about this? This is this is Sean <laughs> shooting the sh- <laughs> stuff. Bleep. Um, <laughs> so so the idea of um, of the whole harnessing of the comet and all that kind of stuff, it made me think of the Stone Warriors. So then I thought, well, what if the comet was Granita? And what if what if she was harnessed and brought down to Eternia and then Skeletor had her captive and he wanted to draw her power because here's this new creature that's never been seen on Eternia. And it was Zagreus's fault because, you know, he he didn't try to, but he drew her here because of trying to control the comets and all that stuff. So the idea, him looking at that as, well, she fell into Skeletor's hands on top of the fact that it was him doing that to her, and she's this living, sentient creature versus, sure. like, the talking comments <laughs> that we were having in this episode. Right. I was like, at least that meshes up, you know? And, sure. and, she, and she'd be somebody that maybe Skeletor is doing experiments on or trying to find a way of harnessing powers that he feels she might have or something along those lines. And then, like, when you have that sequence where Skeletor says about, you know, the comet um, create minions to stop He-Man, mm-hmm. well, that would be the moment where Rockon and Stonedar show up and wonder where Granita has been. Yeah. And then they meet He-Man and Man-at-Arms, and then they go in and storm Grace – or not Grayskull. They go in to storm Snake Mountain to try to get Granita back, and they need to get Zagros to come with them. 
because he can help in this situation. It's the whole, you know, you might have done this, but this is someone needing our help and you could help them now, you know, and the the idea of harnessing her to get her off planet. Maybe she's power, like her powers worn down because of Skeletor or whatever. She's not a full force or whatever. And, and it would be him redeeming himself and he man and, and man at arms, and the rock on a stone are holding the line while while Zagros has that time to like heal her and set her straight and send her off again along with the other two. And it would be that whole almost like in a secret of the sword where it'd be like until we meet again yeah. and they'd shake hands because then there'd be that solidarity with the rock warriors going. They helped us, you know, and right. if you ever need our help, he man, you know, and then at the end, it's like. You know, Skeletor could maybe get some powers from her. Maybe that she picked up radiation through the cosmos or whatever, mm-hmm. and it helps him for a little bit. And that's the whole Zagras is putting himself on the line to try to rescue her because they're taking him into Snake Mountain and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, they they manage to get her out of there. So you get the sentient comet, technically, with the you know the rock person being the sentient sure. comet. And you have the Rock Warriors being introduced about, what, two years before the line introduced them. So that messes it all up in the timeline. But that was where my mind went to because I'm like, uh, it's like the the premise is two years too early. It would have been great for that to be maybe how they could have introduced those characters onto the show eventually. But um, that's that's a good story. I would watch that. I like that. And and I would have I would have loved seeing that. And. Like the Zagros, if as long as he's not this burnout hippie guy, yeah. I would have liked. I, well, I would have just liked it where he's the sullen guy that he locked himself in the mountains, the Zagros mountains. They talk about yeah. or what, however they they described it as that's his that's his um, that's his way of making amends. Like I'm not going to bother anyone. I, I'm I'm closing myself off from everybody because I didn't mean for that to happen. And it's yeah. something's life that I messed up, you know, and and the idea, well, you might have done that, but you have a chance to do something about it. And you, you have help now, you know, yeah. like because um, I like the idea, you know, with with all that going on, it's like he doesn't see himself as powerful enough to take on Skeletor. He'd be this kind of guy going, well, I I have a way like almost a kinetic way of dealing with these comets yeah. or 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 like Aquaman, where it's like he mm-hmm. nudges them. Yeah, like the, with the fish and all that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, beyond that, like that's the only way. I can, the other way, I'm even more off course, and I don't think I'll even go there. Then I'll, I'll just stick with that being my version because it's going to take too much time to even get into the other option. But that's how I would have appreciated it because it actually ties in with characters who would eventually be a part of the line. But unfortunately, the timeline isn't there. So yeah, tripped and veiled. That is the last part of my remaster is Zagra's character. Um, so yeah, so you're showing, you know, whatever happened happened, and he's he's upset about. It. Let's say he accidentally just, you know, like I said, like I like to define him as like he kind of keeps the comets on course through the cosmos, like so that they don't. Maybe even so they don't hurt people. And he messed up and he accidentally destroyed a comet and they ended up, you know, hurting another world or something. Basically the same mm-hmm. thing. He destroys the comet, he feels bad about it. And I feel the same way. Like, he shut himself in. He's become this recluse. I'm good, yeah. actually, with the Edwin impression, Zagras. Like, 
I like it. I, I don't know. Maybe it just reminds me of Mary Poppins as a kid. I don't know. But I, I don't <laughs> mind it because I'm looking at it as, like, I think he even says in the episode, like, he hasn't seen people in, like, a thousand years or something like that. So yeah. this guy did something bad, accidentally destroyed a comet he shouldn't have, and has locked himself in isolation. So, yeah, he's nuttier than a fruitcake at this point. Um, yeah, I'll give you that, probably. I'll give so, you that. So, but he's obviously powerful because he destroyed this whole comet and he almost, you know, he almost controlled both the comets. So let him be powerful. That was my last thing here. Like you said, like that's what they're getting at is this redemption art that one mistake shouldn't make you hide in your room for a thousand years, you know, mm-hmm. just because I messed up, you know, I, I, I made the wash pink. Doesn't mean that, I, you know, I, you know, yes, I'm going to be in trouble or whatever. I got to make amends with mom. But I'm not going to be, you know, in my room forever, you know. Yeah. And I like that. So you got this burned out hippie that, you know, has locked himself away because he messed up here. And now he's the only, now Skeletor is getting control of this giant comet. And he's the only one who can save Eternia, but he's in no shape to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then your whole second half of the episode is him finding the strength inside of him to own up to his mistakes, admit he did wrong, and and tap into that power that's inside of him and, you know, turn the comet away before it can do the damn, you know, break Skeletor's bond to it. So, yeah, I, honestly, I, like, it, trying to keep it within the constraints of the story this time around when I'm thinking about it, I mean, it would have just been cool to go, okay, this is one of the biggest comets that's ever passed by Eternia or right. something, you know, and have it be along that, like, like this could be an, uh, a world killer kind of an event yeah. if something would go wrong with it. And then that would be the reason the Skeletor looks at it and goes, this is my chance. I can actually crush Grey's skull and get into it that way. Like right. we, like what we're saying and him being like, well, you know, him destroying one comet, maybe that built to the other comet or something, yeah. you know, like the, the gravitational of it or whatever. And that comet became bigger and then it collected more and more throughout the cosmos. Right, right, right. And boom, and and that would have been enough for me to go, okay, because I'm going to use that as this is my remastering and that's that. Because <laughs> the other one goes off the rails a little more yeah. than it needs to, even though, yeah, like, you're you're right. I'm, I'm sitting here going, I really want to see that episode now. But, um, I mean, the, the, the part for me where it, it just, it goes to crap no matter what is his story about the whole why he's a recluse. And, yeah. you know, the minute that you start giving personalities to rocks flying through space that aren't going to turn into people. I'm like, uh, that was the biggest thing for me to go. I can't swallow. I I can't swallow anything like that, even though we're already dealing with something that's fantasy and it has a little bit of whimsicalness to it. Yeah. You can't get me with that. I just can't. No, no, make it, don't make it an evil comet. Just make it a huge comet, a deadly threat that Skeletor takes control of. And the space radiation gives Skeletor extra power, so like even He Man can't stop Skeletor one on one. You know, mm-hmm. make it a reason, and that's just there to make it a reason for them to need Zagros. You know, well, and, and and on top of that, you know, like okay, you need He Man in this case, but I almost like the idea if it's like a if it's a like a world killer event comet that's coming towards Eternia, he'd even look at it and go, even if I try to break it up. It's going right. to still enter the atmosphere and we're still going to have problems. Right. So it makes 
the whole idea of, oh, well, He-Man should just punch it or something. It's like, no, it needs a little more finesse, which is why we still need the Zagros guy to, mm-hmm. you know, shift it or whatever. Right, and, gotta... and it could be... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, he's got to break Skeletor's control of it and get it back on its right path, you know? Exactly. And and that could have been the cool part for the redemption is you have Zagras actually using his abilities and you have Skeletor yes. and Evil Lynn. He's, he's going up against two of the most evil sorcerers on Eternia. And, you know, it's like He-Man's doing what he's can, which isn't, you know, a lot in this situation. And Man-at-Arms is just kind of like, go get him, team, because he's there for some reason too. Well, I think they would so, be yeah. they would be holding off the overpowered Skeletor and Evil Lynn. Like they could yeah, beat them, yeah. but they're just holding them long enough to give Zagras time to do his thing. You know Or to distract yeah, distract right. them so their powers can't be on it the entire time or whatever. Right, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. really make it really embrace it. Make Zagras powerful. Make him the hero of the story. Make him deliver this message. Like once you break it down in these parts, it's like, okay, there is a story in here, but it just, it's so muddled. We're jumping all over everywhere because you're feeling like, well, we have to take this, 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 and this. Like, I'd be good with it being He-Man and Man-at-Arms through the whole thing. Like, that's all you need. Like, mm-hmm. He-Man and Man-at-Arms, they start at Grayskull, they travel to Snake Mountain, they're too late, and then they have to go find the Comet Keeper and get him to Grayskull before this thing destroys the world. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's a story. Yeah. Nice. And, and give it a race against time. As the sorcerers popping up, you know, like, oh, you've only got, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, till moonrise or whatever, you know, sunrise, and then it'll be too late. It'll already, you know, pull the Armageddon thing. Like, after a certain point, this thing's on a collision course with Eternia no matter what you do. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and, on you know, like, okay, Skeletor and Evelyn are right there at the gates of Grayskull. They're right. not trying to get in. They're trying to pull the thing towards it, you know, that whole idea of her. They're they're right at the gates, He-Man, and him trying to get there as fast as he can on the attack track this time around, not even Battle Cat. Right, exactly. With Zagras going like, oh, I don't want to do this. The last time I did this, you know, whatever happened, you know, people got hurt or whatever. Like, make that, like I said, I think the same thing. That whole little backstory needs to be tweaked a little bit. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's my kind of Here's oh, here's go. one way of even tweaking that backstory. He's been around that long. What if he's the only yeah. survivor? Yeah. What if it What if it was an event before where it was like, yeah, I'm it. Like I managed because I was in the mountains. I yeah. I, I sectioned myself off there, and you know it's like life began again. But it's been a thousand years, and all this you know the strife and everything leading to that point. And it's just yeah, it, it's too much for him to to put on his shoulders or whatever. Yep. We're getting into some elements that I think Filmation would have never gone to they with how I think deep. of this right now. No. They wouldn't have, but no. but they went pretty light with the way they did it, in my opinion, on this yeah. one too. That's the only thing. But, but no, I I think we do that kind of story in broad strokes, like just have Zagreus, you know, a long time ago. You make it. Just make him responsible for the formation of this big comet, I guess, is is the key. Um, mm-hmm. Even just a little comet like, you know, you know, oh, I was in charge of the comets, but I, I tried to do too much and I got overwhelmed and one of them destroyed my village. And so in anger, I created this giant comet and sent it off into the universe and now it's coming close to Eternia or something. 
Mm-hmm. Like they they would do something like like broad strokes like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the key: make him responsible for the creation of this big comet, and eventually, that's what gets him to join the fray. Is okay. This is me. I need to own up to my mistakes and set it right. Mm-hmm. And even having a moment with like He Man against the ropes, kind of a deal, you know, and the Zagreus, you know, and I like that. I, yeah. I, I like that. It's it's the Stanlin moment. Yeah, to me, to, you know, it's that you have to have somebody stand up to the challenge in that moment. It's, it's got to be him, you know. And right. But so. have, it, have him grappling with an overpowered Skeletor, you know. Yeah. And doing mm-hmm. it like Zagreus, it's now or never, you know, mm-hmm. like that I yep. can see. But him yep. being granted the ability to fly by the sorceress and hold a comet in midair with nothing to brace on that. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I'm always going to be the guy to say that the superhero <laughs> moments on this show is usually where I just go, I can't. Like, I don't mind that he runs fast because, like, even in Captain America, Captain America runs faster than the average person. Yeah. That, okay, that's fine. But when he does the tornadoes and when he does yeah. some of the others, that's when I'm usually like, I, nah, like, yeah. like. Captain America couldn't create a tornado, you know, like that that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, when 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 we go into him flying up, I know the sorceress is helping him, but just that idea Even so, of that the, it's the like no it's just ridiculous. It's like Yeah, no. yeah it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any animators who created that shot, oh, but man. the concept of it within the story just it, it, I thought the same thing going What's he pushing on to push back against it? Is the sorceress just pushing with momentum and he's just the force? And then that just makes me go like, man, I'd hate to be him in that moment because he might feel like, you know, in Spider-Man 2 with the the train where he's like, oh, you know, that whole. That was a great scene, though, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. I I am never going to ever rag on that scene, but I'm just saying that moment made me think of is that how it feels for him at this moment? And it's like, <laughs> uh, so yeah. All right. I think we remastered that. And we got a whole new story with the rock warriors as well. Yeah, we did. That's a twofer for you guys. <laughs> I, I, I got extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, that's what happens when I take a week off. <laughs> then all all of a sudden, Hey, Sean's creating old filmation episodes that we never had. What the heck's up with this? Okay, so next week, join us, and we will be remastering the classic golden book, The Trap. <laughs> that one's one of mine. That'll be a fun one. Uh, so, sure. Well, that... <laughs> yeah. Just real quick, that one, I would say, if it's the one that I'm remembering, is that the one with He-Man pushing Skeletor with the door? Yes, that's the cover. Yep. Yeah, yep. I love that cover, but yes. I would probably say you start remastering it by finding an artist that actually draws He-Man <laughs> and stuff instead of the artist they put on. Uh, anything yep. else you got to wrap us up here, Sean? Uh, as of right now, let's see. Uh, no, I don't have much after that. <laughs> it's, it's been a long week for me uh, with, with work, so yeah. I'm trying What? I know people have gotten their origins, are enjoying those, yep. the, and and stuff like. I know you're enjoying yours. Well, so, my son uh, is. I haven't done much. Your, well, your he, son is, but he took it and you, ran with it. So, hey, <laughs> you, it, so maybe it'll accomplish what it needs to and get the kids back into it. That's that's yeah, it's possible. 
So, um, so we'll picked, see. Have you picked up your new golden book yet? I have not. And I'm actually looking forward to it. The artist on, uh, the artist was on Instagram and he yeah. was showing his influences for certain key, uh, pages in the book, which I thought was great. Yeah, they've been showing a lot of stuff around there. So a uh, little golden book just came out with the third book in this series. Um, I am Skeletor to follow up last year's uh, I am He-Man and I am She-Ra. Um, mm-hmm. Just fun little book. I actually don't have any of them yet, surprisingly enough. I need to get them. Oh, man, really? I know. <laughs> it's one of those things... Well, I guess at first, like, the He-Man and She-Ra ones came out, and I don't know why, but I just thought they would be available in stores being Golden Book, and, like, Golden Books are everywhere, and they just mm-hmm. kind of never came out. You've got to pretty much just go to Amazon for them. Um, well, I got mine at my local comic shop, actually. Okay. I, I, I It was literally, like, I want to say a year apart. The He-Man one I got last year. Yeah. And then the Shira one I finally found like earlier this year. Yeah. Um, both are very beautifully drawn. Um, the artwork it's it's not filmation and it's not you know. It, it, but yeah. what I love is the artist takes the the energy and the feeling of watching that stuff and he kind of puts it through a not only a children's book prism but he also he has his own flair with it and he takes these key moments where you're seeing them in a new way. And yeah. I love that. No, yeah, it's definitely got that filmation vibe. Uh, Shane Cluster, right? He's the artist. Yeah. If I remember, I, it was Shane, it, Shane scribbles. <laughs> if I remember right, is his Instagram handle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure um, Shane Cluster, but yeah, he's, he does amazing work. It's zone style, but it's very reminiscent. And it's, it's just a nice little introduction for the kids to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if I ever, and I guess that's basically it. It's like I was waiting to see them out in public, and I never saw them out in public, and yet I still never went on Amazon and pulled the trigger. So it's just kind of this weird limbo for me. Um, uh, it's picking them all up. The the uh, the He Man one was awesome because that was one that I could I I read that to my son so many times at bedtime, and every time he sees all the characters on a page. He yeah. always has to point them out and tell me who they are, and he knows all of them now. Nice. He, nice. That's Clawful, there's Fisto, there's Manny Face. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I, I love right. when he does that because it shows that he's invested and he's interested. So, yep. Raising them right there. <laughs> but this one in particular is one that I never thought I'd see the day where they're having a villain yeah. uh, golden book like this, so that's pretty cool. I got to say, though, it, I still I think it's a – little discriminatory that they have an I am Skeletor, but not an I am Hordak. Like, He-Man got one with She-Ra, and Skeletor gets one, and Hordak gets left in the dark. I'm just saying. Well, I, maybe <laughs> they'll do something down the road. I don't yeah. I don't know how far in advance they're planning these, because I was... Yeah. I, I never saw I see the day Golden Books were even made for Masters like this, yeah. so... It's just weird, because yeah. the He-Man and She-Ra ones came out together. Now they mm-hmm. just released the Skeletor. So. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> they'll uh, they'll get back on there. Um, the only last thing I've got here is, uh, and I don't have any sort of image or a link up here. I'll put a link down in the description below. But I did see while we were recording, uh, Yuka released his latest Eternia fact files. Um, it's episode seven, and it's 
uh, is Micah really the Red Knight in the Shira Princess of Power series? So, if you don't know the answer, go check it out and check out all his videos. He's been doing these short little videos, just kind of going over some of the basic questions uh, pertaining mm-hmm. to the Masters of the Universe mythology. Very well done. He's had some awesome guest narrators on there. Um, link down below Tune Yuka, uh, T O O N. J-U-K-K-A is his YouTube handle, so give him some love and some support. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. And they also had the Half Power Sword bio come out this week, too. Now yes. I'm remembering properly. Yes. Yes. Which I actually like that they went there and they explained a little bit of that. They gave at least a little yeah. you know, fan nod to, hey, it's a Half Power Sword, but everybody thinks it's a real Power Sword. And I'm like, all yeah. right, I can dig that. I dig that. So. That's how it was in the mini comics. It's like it was always drawn as a full sword, but then you could combine the two. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I forget if uh, Danielle or Eric did those. Did that I want to say she credited Eric with I that, actually. I want to say that, too, but I can't remember. But, yeah, uh, and if you guys aren't checking those out, uh, yeah, check out Danielle and Eric's uh, Masters Monday bios are released every Monday on HeMan.org, and she's usually pretty good about sharing them on Facebook and whatnot as well. So. Yep. Uh, check that out as well. And uh, till next time, guys. Until next time.